Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. Uh, we're going to go straight to Jake Jackman and talk about big wins and surprises from the uh, most recent game. So uh, go for it, Jake. Uh, any wins or surprises that you'd like to talk about initially? Yeah, thanks, Louis. I think I'm going to start with the uh, early game on Saturday, which was uh, Brentford beating Hull 5-1. Um Maybe yeah. not so much a surprise, uh, maybe the manner of it, but there's a few few things to talk about here. Obviously, Holies in Jared Bowen and uh, Camel Grisicki on deadline day, and it seemed to they have did a, finally, uh, yeah, yeah, it seemed <laughs> to have a massive impact on the game on Saturday. You could tell this. There was they were you know the fact that the fans um, didn't really turn out. It was quite a low turnout. The the, the performances of the players they just looked a bit lost and just looked like they'd lost hope. Really, um, mm. it was. Poor performance from them, but as, as far as it was poor from them, it's a fantastic from Brentford. Only uh, an an error from the goalkeeper, which needs to be uh, sought out to be believed. Um, where he just completely missed the ball um, when trying to control it. Um, yeah, it was a really good performance for them. Ben Rahm was uh, really good. Watkins was was very good as well. And Buemo was causing a lot of problems. It's just, that front three, when they're all at it, they're so difficult to deal with. Um, yeah. Brentford obviously adding a couple of players themselves on deadline day in uh, Tariq Fosu and um, Shannon, Shandon Baptiste from Oxford United. So strengthened again. And, and knowing what we know about Brentford's recruitment, you'd think that both of those will will turn up, turn out to be good signings in time, although I'm not sure either one of them will have a big impact on their promotion push this season. Um, but yeah, they, they were really good. It was just a complete performance from Brentford. And given what happened later in the day, um, it, once again, they just announced themselves as potential um, top two um, finishers. But the thing with Brentford, they need to show this quality on a on a more consistent basis. And if they get that consistency, you've got to think they are one of the the top three teams in this league. Um, so yeah, it was a really pleasing performance from them. Uh, to, to win away in the championship is huge and, and to win by such a margin, regardless of what Hull been going through, was was a big result for them. So I thought that one was, was worth commenting on. Um, yeah. And, and the next one that I'll touch on is the charlton Barnsley game. So I'll leave uh, maybe the biggest shock, which happened at Leeds to you <laughs> to discuss, Louis, but the charlton Barnsley game was, was interesting. Barnsley have been quite... I thought that the appointment of Thomas Frank was going to be big for them. I thought that, um, not Thomas Frank, sorry, that's still got Brentford in the mind. Gerhard Struber was going to be big for them. Yeah. Uh, and I've spoken about a lot about how the signings they've made since and, and some of the players and the, and the style of football they've been playing. Um, I thought they were going to go go to Charlton and win, and, and they were probably the better team of the day. They had 60% possession, had 16 shots. They were really, really good um, on the day, but they didn't get the job done. Um and yeah, they, they, they've lost. And, and looking at the league table now, you've got to think that that Barnsley have got uh, are really struggling to to stay in the league. Um, seven points off Stoke now, and 
three uh, three losses back to back. Obviously losing to Cholton was a huge one because Cholton probably the team they were looking to to finish above. So that was a huge on the bottom table and a huge shot in the arm for Cholton who haven't managed to get many wins lately. But that was a huge win for them. Uh, managed to put a bit of daylight between them um, and the bottom three uh, despite Wigan's win. So yeah, it was a, it was a big day for Cholton and might spell the end for Barnsley. I'm not sure what you think on that. Well, yeah, I was going to discuss them if you weren't. I know we talked about them last week, didn't we? We said that, you know, it was essentially a six-pointer. And we said if if Barnsley did lose that game, then, you know, they're just so far adrift now from Stoke in 22nd. I think it's seven points. So Charlton, yeah, you know, I, I were worried for them at one point, but that that win, you know, like we say, a six-pointer really, and uh, that keeps them firm above the playoffs. So, yeah, definitely a huge win like you mentioned, uh, as was Brentford's. Uh, just a few more to touch on before I go on to Leeds and Wigan, but I thought going back to Friday night, I thought um, Derby's 4-0 win against Stoke City uh, was a huge win. Uh, just, you know, like, no surprise that Derby probably won, but by that scoreline, I must say, uh, came as a bit of a shock, uh, particularly how Stoke uh, were probably the form table in the league at the time. They, you know, won three out of the last four, went away to Derby. Uh, but having said that, Derby are now, I think, second in the form table with that win. And I thought that, you know, Derby's performance on the night was fantastic. Um, and that, you know, I know they're just below halfway, but there's still, you know, a, a bit of light at the end of the tunnel if they're looking at the playoffs it's it's still 10 points but like I say we're a bit of form and there's still 16 games left uh, they've got something to fight for uh, another one I think which came as a bit of a surprise was um, Birmingham City's 2-1 win against Nottingham Forest Forest will be kicking themselves in that one um, if, if they'd have won that uh, they've only been a point behind Leeds but with that loss uh, Birmingham you know, you could say it was a very big win. If, if you know, without that victory, Birmingham would have only have been five points off the drop zone. Uh, that keeps them pretty clear now with eight. And they're, you know, on a decent run of form as well. Won two out of the last four, the other two being draws. Uh, and then, yes, one of the biggest shocks is Wigan's uh, win away at Leeds United. I think we both predicted 3-0 and 3-1 uh, last week in, in that to Leeds, Jake. And, um for Wigan to get the win, although we've got to kind of hold our hands up a little bit and say Leeds were mightily unlucky. Like, you know, this this has been a common theme for Leeds, hasn't it, over the last couple of months where they've they've lost games and, you know, they, they should have been picking up at least a point. And, you know, the goal that Wigan scored from the corner was, it, it, just, it just seemed like Leeds were destined to, lose on the day wasn't it it was just a case of the ball simply would not go in the back of the net for Leeds United and we've talked about this before that you know with the players that they've got we still think that they're going to be right up there but they really need to put these losing to these teams you know at the lower half of the table to to bed quick and quick and fast at the minute and and with players that they brought in like Augustine and Perveda um you know, I'm sure Leeds are still on the right track, but that was certainly uh, probably the the biggest shock of the weekend. Um, but at the same time, you've got to credit Wigan, um, park the bus pretty much. Like I say, they, they, they were lucky to probably get the win, but that's two on the bounce for them now. Um, so, yeah, glimmer of hope for them in the uh, relegation zone. Uh, but let's go nicely now into Player of the Week, Jake. Any standout performers for you? 
Yeah, I've got a couple I want to talk about. I think the obvious one, uh, again, in the Brentford game was Ben Rama. Um, yeah. Got an excellent hat-trick in that one. Had nine shots during the game, which just showed the impact he had on it and just how how good he was in the final third. Nine shots, six uh, six key passes, five um, completed dribbles. He, he was excellent. Um, and he was, yeah, he, he is just, you know, probably the best player in the league now. Um, I, I don't even, you know, I'm not even that reluctant to say that i just think he is so so good um mm-hmm. and he, yeah he probably should be playing in, in the premier league and it, it's slightly surprising no premier league club came in for him in january but you know he's got eight goals five assists now i expect that to just increase and increase over the next few months um as, as the uh, promotion picture um continues uh for brentford so yeah he was excellent obviously a nice tribute to his dad on the day um getting booked for the celebration but obviously it, it meant a lot to him so that was yeah, it's a big day for him and I think that could really kick start his season and I think we're going to see the best from him over the next um, few weeks and he's just going to quickly become the standout player in that Brentford team um, another player I want to touch on um, move it, um, going back to, to Friday night would be um, Wayne Rooney thought he had a good game for Stoke um, obviously got a goal um, which was which was good. Got a goal and an assist. Um, he he's improved Derby a lot since he's gone in there, and I think that um, you just look where they are now in in the league table. They're far clear from relegation on forty points, ten points be, uh, below the playoffs, so that's probably out of reach. But he's really secured them in mid table. Um, four wins out of their last six since he came in. So yeah, it's it's, um, it's been really impressive from him. Uh, and I think that he, you know, just his leadership, his quality on the ball is a great free kick. Um, he's just he's offering a lot there, um, and and I think he's shown he's still got something left to offer at this level. Uh, and he's taken quite well to it. I think many people, uh, some people thought he might struggle in the championship with the pace, but I think he's he's adjusted well. And Derby have, have done the right thing, getting a lot of willing runners in around him to to make up for it. Dwayne Holmes played next to him. On Friday, and I think he's, you know, the amount of ground he covers when he plays is remarkable. So he's, they found a quite a good uh, combination in there, and I think that he Rooney is is thriving uh, in the setup. And I think that he might not have a lot left uh, to give, but I think if if you know if Derby finishes the season strongly, he could play a big part next year if they if they try and you know get back into that top six mix. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he had a great game. You've uh, took a couple of players off my list there. I certainly had Ben Rama. I'm sure that we would both agree that he is the player of the week. Uh, Rooney also had a great game. Quality free kick, you know, showing his experience and what he still can do. Ollie Watkins, again, fantastic in the uh, Brentford game. He, he some, you know, with Ben Rama getting that tricky, probably went under the radar, but with his goal and, you know, his work ethic, he, absolutely. Like I say, fantastic week in, week out at the minute. So other players that are like to just quickly mention is uh, I think Dieju for Bristol City managed to score against QPR in their uh, 1-0 victory uh, but not only that Bristol City now they've won four on the bounce and we talk about Bristol City and how they go on dips well they're on a high again aren't they and find themselves in sixth position and in the playoffs and um, you know many a times we say that it's it's just their form what lets them down a little bit well like I say they're on a high at the minute and they just need to stay where they are pretty much um, and then other than that I'm going to actually despite Leeds United not scoring I'm going to credit David Marshall I think in in uh, Wigan's goal um, 
you know, I've, I've wrote Wigan off a few times this season and, you know, I, I do think they lack quality, but to keep a clean sheet, even in them circumstances where, you know, um, like I say, they probably would have conceded on another day. Uh, I think uh, a clean sheet was fantastic for Wigan and, and also given an honourable mention to Naismith in the defence also. And another player that I'd just go back to the derby uh, game was uh, Jaden Bogle. I know he managed to score that wonder goal as well, but he he was fantastic on the night. Uh, so obviously last week was the end of the January transfer window, Jake. Uh, so can we discuss the most notable or interesting deals from the window? Um, I know we've touched on Bowen and, you know, we can talk about Guziki if you like, but are there any other or big names that you'd like to discuss who who departed or came into clubs in the championship? Yeah, so I think there's a few obvious ones. Uh, Rooney, we just spoke about as being player of the week, but he's had big impacts um, at Derby already. I think he's a, he's the eye-catching addition just for the exposure he's going to bring to the league. You know, it, people make jokes about Wayne Rooney's Derby County as it was Frank Lampard's Derby County, but it does have benefits to the league, um, yeah. it, to, to all clubs, because I, you know, I think you're going to see more... Um, Derby games on TV, and then if you get more Derby games on TV and and more exposure in the in the wider media uh, for the championship is always good, because um, I think whatever whatever happens at Derby is going to be mentioned. You know, at the back end of of news reports is going to be more featured heavily on on websites. So I think that's that's good for the league, even if it is um, focusing on Derby and one player. I think there are there are knock on benefits from that. Um, mm-hmm think that Narky Wells going to Bristol City could be a good one. He scored a lot of goals for um, QPR this season. Um, Bristol City have obviously struggled to find that regular goal scorer with Vyman and Diadu both having um, around about eight goals. Vyman's got nine, but um, yeah, I think that they'll be getting Narky Wells. I think he's going to offer that regular goal threat and he's going to be huge um, when he gets when he gets into that team. He obviously did really well at um, QPR this year. It was slightly surprising that he uh, that he did move on, but um, obviously but Burnley thought that they'd be able to get more money elsewhere, which, you know, Bristol City is a bigger, bigger club than QPR at this point in terms of competing for promotion and they're now well placed in sixth position. I think he can add the goals um, to that front line um, to, to push them on. So I think that's going to be a big one. And obviously Augustin, when he comes back, uh, when he comes into the team, sorry, uh, I won't be surprised if it takes another couple of weeks as Bielsa gets him up to speed with the style. We've seen yeah. that before with players at Leeds that they haven't come straight in. It took Costa a while to get into the team. You know, he likes to get them um, familiar with his style, but once he gets in, I think he's going to be a big improvement on Bamford, who I think, is a good player, but to be he gets a he, the the style the, the system at Leeds is geared up to produce chances for a striker. And Bamford has shown you know week in week out he's not taking them. So I think that if Augustin is as good as many people say is you know across Europe, he could come in and add goals to that front line. And I think that's that's what Leeds are going to need to turn those one nil defeats uh, to like the QPR and Wigan into to two one wins. And I think that. Augustine could be that player. So I think those three for me stand out as, as great pieces of business by championship clubs. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you talk about any more and maybe a few players that have left the league that you think might be worth comment. Yeah, well, actually, I was going to follow on from last week. I talked about Fulham and Scott Parker and how they, you know, they, they find themselves 
in an automatic promotion push now, but I'm going to credit them as well in the January window because they got all their business done uh, pretty early with Cavalero, Michael Hector, uh, and then the confirmation of Bobby Reed as well from Bristol City. I think, you know, those three players are all very capable championship players. Uh, like I say, business done early and, you know, they all went under the radar a little bit. You know, there were no... There were no deals done on deadline day and, like I say, Fulham had it all done and dusted. So I think you've got to give them a round of applause a little bit for that. Um, but other players that I'd like to mention, I think Callum Robinson and Camille Grzycki going to West Brom is exactly what West Brom needed. Uh, we've talked all season how good they are and how they went undefeated for so long. Uh, but then they went on this dip and, and we've always said that maybe they just lacked you know, something out wide and wide and an additional striker. And that's exactly what they've done. You know, Callum Robinson knows this division inside out, as does Grzycki, who's been one of the best players in the division for the last few seasons. So I think, yeah, they've been absolutely fantastic. Um, a couple more that I'd like to mention. I think, you know, Jack Clark going to QPR was a good move for him, you know, getting him game time once again. Scott Sinclair uh, to Preston from Celtic. That surprised me a little bit, but he's managed to get on the score sheet with a really good goal the other day. So he can only improve there and improve Preston in their playoff push. Um, and then he scored again. I know you mentioned him last week, but Brewster at Swansea, Jake, um, like I say, on the score sheet again this week. I think that was great business getting that done early, mid midway through January. You know, some clubs were still fighting on deadline day to get players in. And, the, you know, player like Brewster's on two goals already. Um, and then from my perspective, being a Wednesday fan, we managed to get uh, such as Connor Wickham, uh, Josh Windass in, who... Uh, hopefully both going to prove that the strikers that we have got in such as New Year, Winall, uh, Rhodes, pretty much not good enough in many ways. Um, so, um, you know, signings on the horizon. I know these these players are only on loan at the minute, but it's, it's kind of to prove that, you know, when it does get to the summer and, and you know, loads of players at Sheffield Wednesday are out of contract, um, that, you know, we, we can potentially bring in better players um, even on loan if need be. So uh, I'm intrigued to see how they do. I think, like you mentioned, Jake, talking about departures, the the big one that we've talked about on this podcast for the last 18 months was, was Jared Bowen uh, going to West Ham. Um, I'm surprised a little bit that, you know, on, on the day that there weren't a couple more clubs, you know, fighting regarding bids to get his signature. It would pretty much seem like a... A done deal for a good 24 hours before he, you know, went to West Ham. Um, but, you know, he's been linked with that many clubs for the last 12 months, you know, the likes of Tottenham, etc. Um, I, I thought that, yeah, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be a great whoever we went to and, and West Ham have, have done well getting him, uh, sorry, West Ham have done really well getting him at that price. Um, I think he'll only go on to better things. But I have got a question for you, Jake, uh, regarding um, the transfer window. There was only one club in the whole division out of the 24 teams what never managed to bring a player in. Now, you know, nobody's to say that's the wrong thing to do, uh, but it was Blackburn Rovers. Um, and for me, Blackburn bringing nobody in at all, kind of for me, I just saw it as a bit of lack of ambition given where they are in the league. Do, do you? Does that come as a surprise to you as well that they've brought nobody in given that they're only six points off the playoffs? Um, I'm not sure to be honest. I think they did they did quite a lot in the summer. Um, obviously Sam Gallagher's a big addition then, so I think that they've probably just seen it as um, 
it's, it's not worth doing any any business in January uh, and not you know panicking or not not basing their business on on their current league position, which I think is is sometimes a good thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. um, they probably they seem to be a well run club. They've brought in a lot of good players over the last few few um, years. Built a good squad there. It's a lot of young players coming through. Uh, Adam Armstrong is obviously the one taking uh, catching catching people's eye this season. But there's Lewis Travers as well, and doing well. Uh, Adir um, Biai at, at the back. Um, they've got a decent young squad, and I think that. They're not going to be panicking, and I don't think they really saw the playoffs as, as their be-all and end-all this season. I think it's probably one for next year, so I'd expect them to go big in the summer and go again then um, when these players have got another year of experience. So I'm not too shocked, to be honest. Um, you know, they have brought in players this uh, this season. Lewis Holt be another one that's come in. Um, yeah. Yeah, they've, I, d- I don't think it's... You know, maybe there's not often a lot of good value in January, and I think they're probably waiting to the summer. They've got their own ideas, and I'm sure they'll go again then. Um, and I'm sure they've finished the str- season strongly anyway. I expect them to get into the top eight. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm not too. I wouldn't be too bothered if I was a, a Blackburn fan. I think they've, they've they'll probably go again in the summer, and they're they're a team I'm watching closely uh, with a view to next season. Yeah, so am I. I thought I'd ask you that question because it surprised me a little bit, but also at the same time. Um, you've got to give them credit then for for having you know a, a developed squad and you know not feeling as though they had to strengthen at this stage. Um, so hopefully things will work out for them and they continue on a playoff push. Uh, but in terms of Hull City, we've already touched on like Grzycki and Bowen leaving a little bit. Uh, but with them now departed, Jake, do you fear for Hull City a little bit in the remainder of the season? You know, I'm not going to say that they're going to go down by any means. They are 10 points clear of Wigan in 22nd. Um, but given they've just been beaten 5-1 at home to Brentford as well, um, what are your thoughts on the short-term future at Hull? Yeah, I think it looks bleak for Hull. Um, I don't think they're going to finish the season strongly. I'd expect them to finish a lot lower down than they currently are. I don't think they'll go down. I think they've got too many points on the board for that. Um, they've still got a little bit of quality in the squad. I think that um, Wilkes is a good player. I think that Madison coming up from Peterborough has the potential to be a good signing for them. So I think they, they should get enough to to stay up. But yeah, it's going to be bleak for, for, Black, um, for Hull going forward. And it's a very difficult job for McCann to do now you know I think the fans might have expected to lose Bowen but to lose Grisic mm. as well it's a it's a big blow um so yeah it is a difficult one for them uh, and it'll be interesting uh to see how the rest of the season goes it did look really bad uh, at the weekend but it is worth saying that they were coming up against um one of the best teams in the division and maybe yeah. just in the instant aftermath after losing those two players it was a difficult one and maybe next week we'll see a different performance so yeah I'm uh, it's it's going to be difficult for them. I think we all we all agree in in that respect. But um, yeah, I don't think they'll go down. But you know, if they continue to to sell players without replacing them, and you know, they can it they're ones that we'd have to look at in the next couple of years um, as potential of going down unless they solve it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's certainly a kick in the teeth losing, like you say, Bowen and Grzycki now. Um, you know, if it had been any less than 10 points clear of 22nd, I, you know, I probably could have said that. 
Um, they could have been in a relegation battle in, in five, six games time. But, you know, they should have enough points to be OK this season. Uh, they might surprise us. They might continue and, and maintain, you know, a spot where they are now around 13th, 14th. Uh, but like you say as well, McCann's going to have a hell of a lot of work to do in his, and, you know, I don't think he's going to find replacements for those players. But, you know, when it gets to the summer and the next window, there's, you know, a real lot to do there to, to get a team, you know, work ethic and, and coming together as well. And he obviously needs a bit of quality now as well, uh, ready for next season. So I'll be intrigued to see what they do over the summer. Uh, but that takes us nicely, Jake, into thoughts and feelings. Um, if you'd like to just pick a club uh, for whatever reason, and you can discuss them again for about anything you like at this moment. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Um... Yeah, I think I'm gonna. Um, but I think I'm gonna go for a team nearer the top of the division that we haven't covered a lot um, in recent weeks, and that will be uh, Bristol City. Slightly touching them a minute ago with with the Wells signing, but I just want to go a little bit deeper into their recent results. It is, it's been, you know, very. It's been boring to be a Bristol City fan recently um, since the turn of the year. Um, They've only scored more than one goal in in a game once. Um, that came against Wigan in a two 0 win. Um, and since, but but you know the big thing for them is since um, since the turn of the year as well. They they lost four four nil to Brentford at home. Since then, they've only conceded um, twice across all competitions, and both of those came against Shrewsbury in the FA Cup. So that's three championship games now. Um, Four championship games, sorry, without conceding a goal. Um, very good foundations they're building, um, and they've moved back into six six points off the top of the table. So you've got to say that they're right back in contention. We've seen with Bristol City time and time again that they've, when they get on a run, they can keep those runs going. Um, the only thing to say is that when there's a good run with Lee Johnson, there's probably a bad one at some point towards the end of the season as well. So it'd be diff- interesting to see if he's learned from his mistakes and he can find a little bit more consistency when this when this good run ends but you know out of those top six teams um you know even out of the whole top half barring Cardiff they've conceded the most goals with 40 conceded in 30 matches but four clean sheets in a row it looks like they've solved those issues uh bringing in Narky Wells he's a he's a proven goal scorer at this level done very well with QPR um before joining so you know they've got a lot of a lot of reasons to be optimistic um, and with games coming up as well. 
Birmingham and Derby at home, two teams below them in the table. You'd expect them to to win both of those games really in current form. And then they go away to Leeds and then at home to uh, West Brom. So it, if they manage to get another two wins and make it, that would be six wins in a row in the championship going into those Leeds and West Brom games. You don't know where they could be in the table. They might be within a couple of points of both of those teams by that point and really yeah. pushing along. So I think Bristol City are a team to watch over the next few weeks, mainly because of those back-to-back games against the current top two and their current form, you know, keeping things tight at the back. They, if, if they maintain this, they're going to be, you know, on paper, the perfect team to beat Leeds, a team that keeps it tight at the back and can nick one, something that Le- Leeds has struggled with time and time again. So they are proven to be a, a, an interesting team. And a few weeks ago, I'd have said that I didn't fancy them to get in the playoffs, but now with Wells coming in and, and the defence issues being solved, you've got to back them. Um, it's, it's looking a lot more positive for them. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's what I want to say on Bristol. I'm just I'm getting quite optimistic about them. I'm quite excited to see the next few weeks. I think that in the short term, anyway, I'd expect them to get higher in the table bef- before they get lower. Um, but there is always that caveat with with Br- uh, Lee Johnson and, and Bristol City that if they you know they could get as high as second in the next few weeks, but then they could be easily back down in ninth by the mm, by the yeah. time the season finishes. We've been here before with them. But their fixtures look relatively kind uh, coming up. So um, outside of that, those t- two t- games against the top ten, uh, the top two, sorry. So I think that they got a decent fixture running, um, and I think that they're they're looking in a really strong position to to finally get into those playoffs. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. I think you know the remainder of the season, Bristol City are one to watch because I, I don't know what to expect of them. We know that they can be inconsistent, uh, but where they are at the minute on fifty points, you know, and, and only six points behind West Brom who were first. And yeah, you, you've you've got to look out for them having strengthened, uh, like you mentioned there in, in January. So uh, yeah, certainly one to look out for. I think my thoughts and feelings this week is uh, I'm going to go with Wigan Athletic. And the reason I picked them, you know, it's the other half of the table uh, near the bottom. I'm picking them because this last, shall I say, four or five weeks, I've completely written Wigan off, uh, even more so than I have Barnsley and Luton. Um, I really thought that they were dead and buried this season. Um, and what they've done is they've only won seven games all season out of 30. Uh, but three of those wins have come in the last five. So I'm going to, you know, pat Paul Cook on the back a little bit there because um, I really didn't see it coming. Uh, and what he did, you know, only a week or so ago, um, they were 1-0 down against Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday were poor, but they managed to come back and win that 2-1 in the in the last minute. And then, as we know, again, probably lucky on the day, but got the win, is, is the victory against Leeds United. And now they find themselves only two points behind Stoke. And Stoke were on a great run of form until they lost to Derby. So, yeah, like I said, I've always said we're going to, we're going to be down and out, but they're still there or thereabouts. You know, in many ways, I know that they're still going to struggle because they lack quality. Uh, but having said that, Kiefer Moore has signed, uh, found a little bit of form recently and, you know, he, he might be just the guy to, to keep them up. But as a team, yeah, they, they, they're coming together. And as, as I said, they put up that big fight in performance against Leeds United. And if they can continue to do that to some extent for the remainder of the season, they, they have 
got a, a chance of staying up this season and I really didn't think I'd be saying that at this stage. I thought that they'd, you know, be be nearer Luton on, you know, twenty four, twenty five points. But to have won three out of the last five then like I say, a pat on the back for Paul Cook and uh, and let's see if they can survive this season. So I thought that I'd mention Wigan Athletic this week. Uh, but that takes us into previews and predictions, Jake, uh, going into Saturday, three o'clock kickoff, uh, Stoke face Charlton. And, you know, you know, in a, in a contest near the bottom of the table, what's your prediction for that one? Yeah, this is this is going to be an interesting one. Stoke, obviously, off the back of that four 0 defeat to Derby, so you'd expect them to want to bounce back, especially after um, a recent upturn in form under Michael O'Neill uh, and the result of Wigan against Leeds. They're going to really look at this game as one they need to win. Um, and if they do, they'll go above Cholton, so it's a huge game for them. Uh, Cholton, obviously, got the big result of the weekend. Um, I've only lost one in their last four, but I still don't really rate Charlton. I still think they're going to be the ones that ultimately end up going down. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go for a Stoke win here. I think I'm going to go 2-1 Stoke. I've gone the same. Yeah, 2-1 to Stoke. I think for me, despite their 4-0 loss on Friday night, that, you know, they've shown enough for me under Michael O'Neill this last month that they have, you know, got that bit of quality. You know, a few players are showing their Premier League or, should I say, worth at the moment um, and I think that they'll just have enough on the day to uh, do Charlton over so yeah 2-1 for me also that takes us into Saturday the later kickoff half past five huge game at the top Nottingham Forest versus Leeds United what's your preview for that yeah I think th- this is going to be um, the standout game for me this weekend um, I think Le- I'd still back Leeds I think Forest have been better recently, but in a game like this, Leeds are going to have to go there and win. Uh, and I think they're going to. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go three-one to Leeds. Um, still got a few doubts about Forest at the back, um, and I think that Leeds have got too much quality to to lose again. I think that even though they've been losing games, they've been much the better team in a lot of them. And it's just not been taking their chances, and you know that. The law of averages say that these chances have to start going at some point, and it's probably mm, going to be this yeah. weekend in such a big one. So I'm going to go for a Leeds win. I'm going to say 3-1 Leeds. Yeah, it's quite a big call from you, Jake. I can see why you've said that, but for me, I couldn't um, pick a winner. So I've gone for a draw. I'm going to go 1-1 in this. I think, you know, both teams at the minute, you know, Forrest on a probably a bit, bit better form, but... Um, have been inconsistent. So, you know, Leeds have only won one in the last four, as we know. And that was that, you know, coming from 2-0 behind uh, to win 3-2. Um, but yeah, Forrest again, you know, that they lost to Birmingham, didn't they? So yeah, for me, I'm going to go a one-all draw. But, you know, this this could go anyway. I'm, I'm just, you know, choosing a scoreline based on gut instinct. Um, I, I can't call it if I'm honest. So I'm, I'm sticking with that 1-1 scoreline. Uh, and then into Sunday, um, half past one kickoff, a team fighting for the playoffs, which is Millwall versus top in the league, uh, West Brom. Uh, what's your preview for that? Millwall uh, are, are a decent team under uh, Gary Rowett now, um, obviously up in nine, we've got hopes of getting in those playoffs, and I think that um, they've got the quality to cause West Brom pl- uh, problems this weekend, but I still think West Brom have, have turned a corner now, they're back on, back to winning ways, they've, they've added 
Uh, Robinson, as you mentioned earlier, who I think is, is too good for this level. And I think that they're going to go to Mill and get another win. I'm going to go 2-1 West Brom. Me too, yeah. 2-1 to West Brom for me. Yeah, they've strengthened in the right areas. Um, I think, you know, they've been on a dip. I expect West Brom to completely come out of that dip with that win against Luton. I think they will continue on a great run of form and still be promoted this season. So, yes, despite Millwall doing really well of late and they continue to push, I just think quality will prevail in this one. So, 2-1 to West Brom for me. Uh, But unfortunately, Jake, um, with that, we're out of time. So, if you'd like to let our listeners know where they can find you, now be a good time. Yeah, you can get me on Twitter at jfjapman with two N's. I also uh, appear on the Premier League show on this channel, so check that one out. Uh, and anything else I do, I'll post in my Twitter feed. And I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. But more importantly, please remember to follow the show at Championship Pod, where we post each show to our pin tweet and it's regularly uploaded after every recording. Uh, please subscribe if you haven't already done so. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we will catch you next time. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.